Well, a good Wednesday morning to you, and I want to welcome you to Wheat Among the Tares, our live program here from the studios of Gethsemane Global Radio in Lexington, South Carolina. I want to thank you for joining us here for the broadcast, and I want to thank you especially for your faithful listenership to this radio program and also to the podcast that we post every week for your benefit. Again, thank you so much for joining us this morning. We have a special guest in the studio. Well, not in the studio, but he is in the studio, if I say by telephone. And uh, he is Pastor Bevins Welder. Brother Bevins is the pastor of Bible Believers Baptist Church way down in Corpus Christi, Texas. And I want to welcome him this morning to Wheat Among the Tares. Welcome, my brother. Good morning. Brother, I want to say thank you, first of all, for joining us this morning here for the broadcast. And the reason that I have brought you on, and uh, you are a new broadcaster here on Gethsemane Global Radio, and uh, we were talking right before we went on the air. Brother Bevins, you are uh, a, a new addition to our Monday through Friday programming here on GGR, on Gethsemane Global Radio. You're on the air with the Bible Believers Baptist Broadcast at 8 a.m. Eastern Time, Monday through Friday. And I've had the opportunity to uh, listen to the broadcast and certainly uh, the things that you have uh, offered and brought forth from the preaching of God's Word, brother, has been a real blessing. And uh, and I just want to say thank you for uh, the burden that God gave you with regard to uh, a five-day-a-week radio broadcast. Brother, that in and of itself uh, is a full-time ministry, is it not? It really is, absolutely. Brother, I, again, I thank you so much for uh, just the the time that you take uh, to do these broadcasts, and I know you've been doing them for a number of years. I'll get into that a little bit later as we talk a little bit more about your ministry. Pastor, I want to first of all ask and go back into your history and how that, um, first of all, how God brought you to himself through preaching and the conviction of sin. Brother, tell us a little bit about how God saved you and how he brought you to himself. Well, I'll, I'll be glad to do that. The interesting thing is that I was born in Texas, not far from where I'm pastoring. I was born in, in a city called Victoria, Texas, and I was born into a Catholic family, Roman Catholic family. So we went to church every Sunday as I was growing up. I became an altar boy, and I actually had in the eighth grade some interest in or at least I thought I did, in the in the priesthood. And so uh, that freshman year of high school, I went to a school in San Antonio, which was an oblate seminary. Well, after a year of that, I didn't want to stay. But I did like boarding school. And providentially, I ended up in the Macaulay School in Chattanooga, Tennessee. And while I was there, I was an athlete. I ran cross country. I ran track. 
and there was a Fellowship of Christian Athletes meeting, the chaplain of the school invited me to come, and I heard a young man from our uh, rival school, Baylor, give a testimony of his relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. And while he was speaking, the Lord was pricking my heart, really, that the relationship that he had with Jesus Christ and the relationship that I had with Jesus Christ were not the same thing. Amen. And so I asked, I asked the uh, chaplain, I said, chaplain, his name was Rocky Young. I said, Rocky, I... <laughs> He has a relationship with Jesus Christ that's not the same as mine, and I want what he has. And so on the way back to the campus, he preached the gospel to me of the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. And that that evening when we got back to the campus, I knelt there in the parking lot, prayed to receive the Lord Jesus Christ as my Savior. Bless the Lord, my brother. What a testimony. And uh, that interesting because to come from such a formal, uh, organized religion— and to hear for the first time uh, the true gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Brother, I know that you go back to that day many a time in your mind and are very, very thankful uh, for that opportunity, for that invitation, if you would, to go to that Fellowship of Christian Athletes uh, meeting. From there, brother, tell me, go further now into your life and, and how God began to deal with you as far as not only growth in the Lord, but also in toward the ministry. Well, after a person gets saved, we both know that the right thing to do is to get into a good uh, local church, to be under good preaching, to be associated with a good pastor, and to certainly develop uh, the habit of reading the Bible and and, and walking in fellowship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Yes, sir. Well, that wasn't emphasized to me. I don't hold anybody else responsible for that, but I didn't do well to read the Bible. As a matter of fact, I, I really didn't pick it up. And, you know, coming out of the Catholic Church, I suppose that was a little bit ordinary because we didn't read the Bible in the Catholic Church either, mm-hmm. not the one that I grew up in. And so, and so I didn't, and consequently, even though I went to uh, church while I was in college— when I got out and got into the banking business, which was, you know, something that I thought I had an interest in, um, I wasn't growing. And being in, in the world and being in that environment, actually, my relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ just did not develop at all. But by the time that I was in my young 30s, I would say 32 years old, one night I'm teaching Sunday school in a Methodist church regurgitating from cassette tapes something that a another pastor was teaching, because I certainly didn't dig through the Bible at that time, I got this conviction that I should be reading the Bible. And so I reached on the bookshelf, opened the King James Bible that my wife gave me as a wedding present, <laughs> wow. and I said to the Lord, wherever it falls open, I'm going to read this. It fell open to Psalm 119. <laughs> the longest chapter in the Bible. <laughs> oh, oh, and I am telling you, for the next three hours, the Lord and I had a real come to Jesus meeting. Yes. He showed me my life from his perspective, and I'm telling you, I was just so, really so ashamed that I had not grown and that I'd wasted those years. But it was at that moment that truly, I guess people would say I rededicated my life to the Lord. I decided that I was really was now going to let the Lord lead. And I began to read the Bible daily from then on and continue even until this day. And the Lord used that to redirect me to him. And actually, I began to really grow at that point. 
Brother Bevins, you uh, you bring up an interesting point, and that is a lot of people um, may genuinely come to repentance and come to the Lord Jesus Christ, but are not in a good, sound Bible believing church and flounder, if you would, for for a while, and really aren't properly, if anything, discipled as far as just the basic tenets of the faith. And um, the doctrines that really would help a child of God grow. The need for that, Pastor, is, in my mind, uh, monumental in this day and age. What have you seen, just as an aside, with that particular aspect of things? Oh, I totally agree, 100%. We're very careful with the people that we have the opportunity to lead to the Lord now to emphasize how important discipleship is. We really try to shepherd them that way. As a matter of fact, two summers ago, we hosted a preacher's conference, and that was the theme of the conference, discipleship. It's It's got to be. I, I'm thinking of a gentleman right now that attends uh, here in Gethsemane, and um, uh, he's formerly a Roman Catholic, and uh, for years, I had no knowledge of the of the truth um, as far as the, what Jesus Christ literally did for him personally, and uh, had no idea as to uh, the truth of the Bible. Never read it, and um, <clears throat> he came here and trusted the Lord Jesus Christ as he heard the preaching of God's word, and um, and has been in this church ever since and has grown exponentially as a result of, of just his Bible reading and, and uh, participating in uh, different classes here and whatnot. And I really, honestly, brother, it is so paramount uh, in lives today that they get proper uh, discipleship when it comes to the matter of, um, you know, just the line-by-line situation and that, Pastor, does bring me to the point of, of the broadcast that you do. A lot of that involves uh, line by line, maybe on a subject and um, or either a, a whole book of the Bible. And we've just started carrying this program. And I know for a fact you've done a, a, a lot of this. How do you go about um, kind of getting your mind as far as what to present on the radio and, uh, and and how God leads you concerning that? Well, when we first started the broadcast years ago, uh, what I would do is I would go basically verse by verse through books of the Bible, books like Philippians, books you know like Galatians and so forth, that it could be a help to people who either didn't know the Lord or to young Christians who hadn't grown. And so I didn't really have to think about what was going to, take place on the next broadcast because I was going through a book uh, section by section. And But what I noticed later is that during my, my Bible reading, the Lord would impress upon me certain passages of Scripture. And then growing in the ministry and having time to spend with people, I could tell where there were certain needs that people had. And I noticed that there was a a, a leadership, I think, that came from the Spirit of God that showed me Bible verses that addressed things that I saw people were having trouble with. And so a lot of the later broadcasts really 
came as a result of seeing a need, seeing a place in the Bible that addressed the need, and then preaching the Bible so that people who had a need like that could understand how God could help them through the situation. Sometimes it might have to do with personal matters. Sometimes it might have to do with understanding what's going on in world affairs, any number of things like that. But there was this matching of need with Bible verses that address the need. Amen. You know, Pastor Williamson here um, addresses many a time, uh, and he's told me personally how that the Lord may lay a message upon his heart and that one message can has an answer for a lot of different folks and a lot of different things that they are contemplating at the time, a need and something he may say during the course of that message that helps them. And uh, Pastor Bevan, you know, uh, you know that the, only the Lord can make the application like that for sure. Well, that's exactly right. As a matter of fact, many years ago, uh, a young preacher well, young at the time, he was like I was, had gone to see an old evangelist that was literally on his deathbed. And he they were friends. And he asked the evangelist, he said, give me something that will help me in the ministry. And so the evangelist struggled to get himself up on the side of the bed and he looked right in the young preacher's eyes. And he said this, you preach the word and let the word preach to the people. And that has always stuck with me. We don't try to meet the need or make the application ourselves. We preach the word and leave that work to the Holy Spirit. Amen. That is exactly right. Brother, that, that is so well put. And I'm thankful that um, not only is it done here uh, in this local church in Lexington, South Carolina, but also in uh, Bible Believers Baptist out in Corpus Christi, Texas. Let's change uh, directions, if you would. Not really, but we're going to change it a little, expand a little bit uh, from your history of coming out of the Roman Catholic Church uh, and trusting the Lord Jesus Christ through some years of, um, uh, you termed it yourself, wasted years, and now that the Lord had uh, gotten you to the point where you were growing in grace, um, at some point, uh, God touched your heart about the ministry. Tell us a little bit about how that came to pass. Well, the way that it did was more progressive. There was not one day. Um, what was happening simultaneously, there were opportunities to teach that were coming up, and there were there were work of the Spirit of God in my heart as we were listening to preaching and as reading the Bible. And, and so over a period of time, I could see where the Lord was really preparing me to do what I'm doing now and dealing with me about it. One of the, <laughs> one of the things that caused me to be a little bit reluctant, well, actually two things. One, I realized that this is a, a tremendous call. And so I was very hesitant to just jump in, even though I, I thought maybe the Lord was dealing with me about it, because this is... This is not treated to be treated lightly. Amen. It's a major thing. And so I came to that with a great deal of fear, the fear of God, to be absolutely sure this is what he was doing. But then at the same time, and on a funnier note, my wife married a banker. I was president of a community bank in a town of about 15,000 people. <laughs> and she could see what the Lord was doing. We had a discussion about this one day. 
And I said to her very coyly, because I didn't think she would really want me to go into the ministry. I said, what would you do if I decided to change careers? And she said very quickly, I know what you're thinking about. You're thinking about preaching. If you decide to do that, I'll hit you in the head with a skillet. <laughs> so, <laughs> did, did that prophecy come to pass, brother? <laughs> you got to know that I was wanting to be absolutely sure before uh, before making any decision to change. Amen. And obviously, obviously, the Lord made it very, very plain. But it was over a period of time. It was not just one sudden day and one sudden, you know, awakening by the Spirit of God. He was dealing with me over a period of time. And I think I appreciate that, honestly, because there was a great certainty that this is, in fact, what the Lord wanted. Well, it's a preparation, honestly. And uh, and God does a preparation in a man who, uh, at least in, in, in what I have seen, a little bit of my own life and, and some others, how God uh, grows a man and prepares him. And brother, you said it well when you said uh, it's it's being entrusted uh, with the Word of God. Just I think a Levitical priesthood and and what they were entrusted with as far as the sacrifices and and offering them according to uh, how God laid it out for them and the due order in which it was given. So much more uh, that the handling of the Word of God. Uh, that Paul said that we don't handle it deceitfully, and uh, and how how much as you said of a fear that is in handling uh, and preaching the word of God and how He prepared you to do that. Um, off to I believe off to college you went for a period of time, and um, and, uh, and worked your way through that, and then uh, from from Bible college. How did that occur as far as um, the steps that you took in the ministry, and, and where did that take you? So I didn't go to Bible college until I was 35 years old. We had three children uh, under the age of six and one on the way when we left. So there was uh, uh, you know, a great deal of, I suppose you'd say, faith in that and really looking for God's hand for provision, and he was faithful all the way through that, thankfully. Uh, I graduated when I was 38 years old. And so we went back to the small town where I had been president. There were people there who, when the Lord really turned my life around um, after that experience of reading Psalm 119, they were very, very helpful to us. They had an interest in starting a church. They had been in a non-Bible-believing church. And they were King James Bible-believing Baptists that wanted to see a church, and they wanted me to be their pastor. So we together started a church that's still there uh, in Beeville, and I pastored that church for eight years. And then um, the Lord, through the period of time there, grew you in grace, obviously. And uh, from there, Corpus Christi, and I'm very interested to hear about uh, the ministry there in Corpus Christi. I'm very familiar, uh, and I'll mention a name that may be familiar to a lot of folks, but Lester Roloff, who was uh, a man there for a number of years and uh, was well-known in the Corpus Christi area as being a a strong preacher and pastor and had um, uh, men's homes and women's homes there and uh, was very uh, well-known around the country I know you ended up in the same area with him. 
Brother, tell us about Bible Believers Baptist now, the ministry that is going on in Corpus Christi, Texas. So while I was in Beville, we were holding a Bible study in Corpus Christi in a conference room of a hotel. And and then we were already now broadcasting on a radio station in Corpus Christi. And so during that year and a half, two-year period, there were probably already 45 or 50 people that were coming to that Bible study on a Monday night. And we'd been broadcasting there out of a radio station in Corpus Christi, and I had been traveling back and forth, and there were folks getting saved there. So when time came to leave Beeville and, uh, and search where the Lord would have us to go, Corpus Christi was pretty obvious, but we were very careful about that decision. When we got there, we started the ministry literally in a bunkhouse on a ranch as a mission of another church with three other couples and my wife and I, and really simply just watched step by step as the Lord led through the process of leaving this little bunkhouse on a ranch to a rented building from a rented building, the property that we purchased and a building that we built. And then that ministry has expanded. There are a couple of buildings there now and a couple of modular buildings. And those are just normal things that that happen as the congregation grows over the years. This is what's that, what has happened. And the Lord has been very gracious to provide all of that. The church has never had to go into debt. The church is very missions-minded. I have a lot of missionaries that we support, and they give a lot to missions. And so what's just happened is simply we've been able as much as possible to follow the leadership in the whole, of the Holy Spirit in what he wants us to accomplish that's there. So um, the church looks a lot like a family. You know, it goes all the way from what looks like grandparents down to kids that are in the nursery. And there doesn't seem to be one demographic that is more prominent than the other. People get saved from time to time. People go out and tell others about the Lord Jesus Christ, and we encourage them to do that. And um, and, and the, the ministry has included this uh, radio broadcast as part of it. And then the Lord has just continued to bless that by really helping people in other parts of the country with what he's allowed us to do in Corpus Christi. And it has been a blessing here on Gethsemane Global Radio for sure. Brother, it's been a blessing to add that, as I mentioned earlier, to our play schedule here Monday through Friday mornings at 8 a.m. Eastern Time. It's the Bible Believers Baptist broadcast, and it has truly been a blessing um, to add it to here. Brother, the, uh, the, the, the current times, if you would, uh, as far as the outreaches of uh, Bible-believing churches around the country, and uh, you've been involved in ministry for a, a good long while now, and you see things that are going on. Um, are there a couple of things, and I, <clears throat> I know this is, I mentioned earlier, extemporaneous as far as uh, some of the conversation, but brother, are there a couple of things personally with what you see as far as our country and and the current status of things um, that really burden your heart, not for our country necessarily, but for the churches that are still preaching the truth. Are there a couple of things that really burden you concerning what you see with the local churches and really what, in your mind, may need to be done? Well, it is a really good question. 
and I have had the opportunity to to preach in various places uh, in the country and even on the mission field. And one of the things that continues to be true, if a man is led to an area by the Spirit of God to preach to the people that are there, and we see that type of evidence in the Bible, so it, it continues even today. If a, if a man is led by the Spirit of God into an area to preach the Bible, then he can trust the preaching of the Word of God to accomplish what God wants to uh, do in that area. But he's going to have to deal with people very personally and uh, and not just try to accomplish it all from behind the pulpit. He's going to spend a lot of time in the harvest. Like one friend of mine says, a shepherd smells like sheep. And so I, I see that if, if men, the men that are continuing to do well in the various places in the country that we've visited, have fully relied upon the Spirit of God to honor the preaching of the Word of God and the lives of the people that they're ministering to, but they spend a lot of time with the people as well. It's like Proverbs says, know the state of thy flocks. And, and it takes a lot of work. Uh, the ones who are not doing as well have tried to modernize and go with the wrong kind of music, perhaps lighten up on the doctrine, maybe even change to different Bibles in order to reach what they think would be the people they need to sit in the pews. Yeah. And that's the wrong approach. That, that, that doesn't need to be done. God honors his word. He honors men that faithfully preach his word. He honors the preaching of the gospel if we're willing to do the work. So my burden is that men don't give up on the old paths. Uh, those are good paths, and we need to continue to follow those today. Brother, those paths led us to the Lord, and certainly, uh, and many a person across this country and around the world that in this podcast, uh, this program goes everywhere. Um, and I know folks from all the way from from Taiwan to England uh, and all places, points in between, listen to this podcast from time to time. And and I trust that just those points alone that you just brought up, that they not quit, but they stick with the old paths. Uh, I think that is such a, a necessary situation uh, with regard to Bible believers today that um, that we need, again, to stick by the stuff and, and not, not to quit for sure. Brother, is um, any one particular thing, and, and I will preface my remarks here by saying that we always take a moment to pray uh, for those that uh, we have on Wheat Among the Tares. And uh, if there's one particular thing that as uh, I close this in prayer that you would uh, voice uh, as a prayer request here so that others that listen to this also uh, may know how to effectually and with good knowledge, pray for Pastor Bevins Welder and the folks at Bible Believers Baptist in Corpus Christi. Do you have any one thing, brother, that comes to your mind? I think the real burden of my heart, and this would be as as much for your listeners as it is for the folks that are at Bible Believers Baptist Church, and that is the people who are receiving the benefit of what you're offering and what we give by the way of preaching will not be a pond and hold it all in the reservoir, but that they'll take what they're hearing and what the Lord is giving them from the scripture and tell others, as long as they'll continue to do that, then multiply the effectual preaching of the word of God. There are still people who are not saved who need to hear the gospel. Amen. And if we won't just retain it. If we will give it, uh, then God can continue to use us effectually 
at all levels to help other people come to the Lord Jesus Christ like you did and like I did. Amen. That's my prayer. Amen. Well, let's take a moment to pray for those of you who are listening. Um, Please pray with us for Pastor Bevins Welder and the folks at Bible Believers Baptist. Let's take a moment to pray for this ministry. Now, Father, thank you so much for the opportunity that we have had here this morning to speak to Pastor Welder and concerning, Lord, not only how he came to know you and what you did in his life, but, Lord, how you have raised him up for the purpose of that local church and, Lord, having such an effect there in Corpus Christi and, and Lord, other places in the world. And I thank you so much for the work you've done in his heart and his wife's heart and family and, and for the folks there in Corpus Christi. And I certainly pray your good hand be upon them, Lord. May they be used mightily to be a good testimony of your grace. And thank you, Lord, for the fact that, Lord, you know every need that they have. And I pray that based, Lord, upon their cries and upon their prayers before you, that you hear them and, Lord, answer according to your will. Lord, strengthen Brother Welder especially. Lord, help him. I know that just the burden of a pastor alone uh, can be, Lord, long hours and uh, just carrying a weight himself. So I pray for strength for him and, Lord, just for the wisdom that he needs. Thank you again, Lord, for the broadcast, and, Lord, may it be used for your glory and honor. And we will thank you in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Pastor Bevins Welder with Bible Believers Baptist in Corpus Christi, Texas. My brother, it has been a truly a pleasure to talk to you this morning and to introduce you to our listeners on Wheat Among the Tares and our listeners with Gethsemane Global Radio. Again, Bible Believers Baptist broadcast every Wednesday, excuse me, every Monday through Friday morning at 8 o'clock a.m. Eastern Time. Tune that in. Brother Welder, have a good day and thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. I God, appreciate that very much. God bless you, my brother. God bless you. Thank you for joining us this morning. What a blessing this program has been this morning to me, and I trust it has been a help and a blessing to you. Join us every Wednesday morning, 9 o'clock here for Wheat Among the Tares. Again, thanks for joining us. Pray for us here, and have a wonderful day in the Lord.